Hey guys, I'm going live because I want to share out more. So bear with me. I'll come on right at eight with a 30 second countdown. Okay, guys, I'm going to start up in one minute, okay? All right, 30 seconds.
Good evening, guys. Welcome. Welcome to another wonderful Thursday night. Um, I tell you, it's funny because, man, I was looking forward for selfish reasons. I was looking forward to Max Scherzer and Anthony Disclafini tonight, but it got rained out. Baseball's a funny game like that, so um, I have both of those guys in, in one of my leagues. But, you know, um, <laughs> that's the great thing about MLB.com is you can pretty much watch any of the games you want. Um, really anytime you want. I don't, I'm not big on archiving and doing all that stuff, but it is really cool to, uh, be able to watch, you know, um, whatever you want tonight. I'm actually going to be watching, um, the Blue Jays and the White Sox. So, um, that should be an entertaining game as well. Anytime you get a chance to see Vlad Jr., you really gotta, really gotta do it because that guy's a special talent. But, um, anyway, Chaps Fantasy Chat, Thursday nights at eight on iLogic Media. Um, <clears throat> draft for upside, really great group of people. If it's your first time here, welcome. If this is your second, third, fifth, uh, 20th time here, you know what I'm all about. Um, I, I want to talk tonight about year-long fantasy baseball, because this is the time of year when a lot of folks start to fall off and start to think about their football preparation. Guys, I, I, I've said this a million times. You win your league now in fantasy baseball. Sometimes you can't. But most of the time, you can make a good run at the money if you just stay attention, pay attention, stay in tune, and make good moves. It's hard not to knee-jerk when you're fighting your way back up. But making good decisions is really – it's the vital part of that solution for you to be able to contend come playoff time. And we're going to talk some about that tonight. We're going to talk about, um, you know, deciphering breakout players um, who, you know, has some helium that's going to stay and who looks a little bit more like Cinderella and like their bubbles about to burst. As always, I want to talk about some of these players that are starting to get hot, guys that you might want to target, or DFS targets anyway, if nothing else. Um, and then, of course, I'll end it up with some fab futures. So basically, the premise behind this is um, you, you've spent your wad on your fab cash early on in the season, and you are trying to bargain basement price your way through the rest of the season. And you can do it and still get good players. You just have to be ahead of the group speak, ahead of the ahead of the wave, if you will, on picking up. Yeah, last week, um, you know, we I talked about Miguel Andohar. Well, Miguel Andohar, this week, you start hearing all these shows talking about him. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Miguel Andohar is a and I'll talk about him more later. A 30-homer potential guy hitting in the middle of that lineup who's all of a sudden playing everything. So you got to look for opportunities. And I, I really I, – I, I guess I've kind of gone down this rabbit hole of identifying these guys that 
you know, are, are on the verge of breaking out that most of the rest of the league isn't paying attention to. So let, let's jump right into it. I, I want to talk about some guys. And a couple of these guys, you know, um, we spoke about earlier. But some of most of them we haven't. These are guys that are starting to heat up. And guys that are big parts of offenses that you should be in tune to. The first guy I want to talk about, and, and I spoke about him a couple weeks back, Justin Upton. Justin Upton is hitting 228 with 14 homers, 29 runs, 29 RBIs, and two stolen bases. Pretty good numbers aside from the 228, right? But when you split, when you split it, when you start looking at, you know, really the Mike Trout injury and how they had to, how they had to adapt to not having that power in their lineup every day. And they, they're not a very good team, guys. Um, they're they're just they're not deep enough. But if you look at Upton, Jay Up's first 37 games, he was hitting 188 with eight homers, 15 runs, and 17 RBIs through what a month and a half of the season. Over his last 14 games. He's hitting 327. He's hit six homers in 14 games compared to eight homers in 37. 14 runs compared to 15. 12 RBI compared to 17 RBI. And he's hitting leadoff, guys. He's hitting leadoff. And he's he's not a prototypical leadoff hitter at his age. He could steal a few bases, but he's not getting double digits. Don't kid yourself. But he's really leaning into that leadership role on this otherwise young team. Now, I talked about this team being not very talented. There's a couple things going on here with the the Angels. Um, First off, I I think the Angels expected Braden – or excuse me, not Braden Marsh – Joe Adele – to be major league ready at this point. And he might be. They're being really cautious after basically failing at trying him out there last year and bringing him up. But, of course, the, the, the trout injury is the big – well, it's a benefit for Upton. And and it's I say it's a benefit because even when trout comes back, Upton's going to stay at the top of that lineup. And you would imagine, you would imagine he would still keep producing. It's all a confidence thing, in my opinion, with Upton. Over his last 15 days, his OPS is over 1,000. 1.179 to be exact. Seventh best in the majors. So, 
Upton just got picked up in my league last week. Now it, we don't have benches, so it's a little bit different story. <clears throat> a lot of these guys are really um, forgotten about. People don't think about Upton because he's out in California. People don't stay up till 1 o'clock to watch the baseball games. I do. I do. Well, maybe not 1 o'clock, midnight, to watch the games. I love West Coast baseball. That's where you can find the biggest advantages just by paying attention to those lineups. Upton's one of them. I think Upton I think Upton sticks the rest of the year. I think he continues to play, you know, maybe it's 260, but I, I feel like there's he's got 14 homers already, guys. I feel like there's another 20 homers the rest of the way. So you're looking at a 35 homer, 29 run, 29 RBI the rest of the way. I think, you know, you're looking at a 100 run, 100 RBI output. You're And you think about it, you get him for free, more or less. And you're looking at a, you know, sixth or seventh round value anyway. It, it's, it's good math. The, those are the types of guys that we'll be talking about today. Another guy heating up. Is it sustainable? How about Carlos Correa, guys? Correa is one of those guys. He's at 288, 11 homers, 39 runs, 34 RBIs. I know everybody hates the Astros. I know that's the end thing to do. But Boy, there sure is a lot of talent. And if you're doing a boycott or whatever of this Astro team because of that, you are really selling yourself short because top to bottom, aside from maybe one or two spots in that lineup, they're stacked. And Correa is really feeling healthy and comfortable at the plate right now. So his first 42 games, not bad. 268, six homers. 26 runs and 21 rips. But his last 15, 345. Five homers, two runs, or two or five doubles and 11 runs. I can't see the RBIs, sorry. Full screen, 12 RBIs. That's the last 15 days. But here's the kicker. Leads the majors in OPS at 1442. Correa can be streaky. But when you say streaky, just like Upton, when you say streaky to people, they think about the negative connotation. With Correa and Upton, you're getting positive connotations because you're talking about guys who can hit you three or four homers a week for a month straight. That's what you need to target. Now, is going to cost you. Correa's going to cost you. Upton, you can get at a decent price. is going to be a little different, especially now that he's hitting. Now, if you got him... Uh, three weeks ago, you could have got him for 
pretty cheap. I didn't sell that. I'll own that. <laughs> Although I had him, I'll tell you, it was getting frustrating. But here's a guy that I feel like is really getting ready to go on a big run. And it's just starting. The next guy picking it up. Another guy I have. Talked about this guy in the preseason a lot. Austin Meadows. I got Calumet Farm eight year tonight. It's pretty good. I was excited, I mean, to get it, but it, it's not it's it's good. I'd buy it again. I wouldn't seek it out. How about Austin Meadows, guys? Austin Meadows is hitting two forty three. He's got fourteen homers. Now For perspective, league leader at homers, I think it's 18. I'm looking it up. 18, right? But, again, if you do the math, we're not at the all-star break yet. We're, we're 50 games in, 55 games in, 60 games in, whatever it is. So a third of the season. Now, I know this is going to come down. Here's the thing. Everybody thought it was the ball. It's not the ball. It's the analytics. The analytics is what's driving these power numbers. These guys know the proper way to bring the bat through the zone. I, I was watching a thing on Flat Jr. right before I got on here. He is so impressive to watch when Tome was breaking him down. He he carries his bat handle low, but he gets his he gets his barrel flat really quickly. Really quickly. I digress. Austin Meadows. When he was traded from the Pirates, I expected this kid to be a 290, 2020 kid. Well, I've changed my opinion on him because I, I feel like he has, <laughs> I feel like he has 40 armor potential and he's almost halfway there already. So, So when when you start to break it down, <laughs> so so when you start to break it down, what what type of power output are we looking at at Austin Meadows? I don't think I, I think fifty homers is a little too much, but I think he can hit forty pretty easily. Now, the stolen bases are troubling. I don't think he ever really – I don't think it concerns him too much. And that's a big part of it. But if you look at – if you look at his other stats, 37 runs. 37 runs, 48 ribs. 
Now, that's tied for the league lead. If he can continue that with those plus-plus homer and plus-plus RBI numbers, he's right now at 243, even if he gets up 270. That means he's hitting 300 the rest of the year. Austin Meadows is a good guy right now that you could probably still you have a chance of getting. You have a chance of getting him. Because when you look at see, a lot of people don't break down the the one week, two week like I do. That that's how that's how you read trends by breaking down that short term. And To me, Meadows is a guy that screams positive regression. Now, he might start tailing off in homers a little bit. But that's okay. As long as he's still driving them in. He's at 48 ribs. We're not even half we're not even halfway through the season yet, guys. I think I, I did the project. I just got 137 ribs he's on pace for. That's a good year. <laughs> For a power hitter, even if you are hitting 243, that's a good year. But what if you're hitting 280? What if you put 40 homers beside that? That's a second round pick. This guy, Tyler O'Neill. How about Tyler O'Neill, guys? Talked about him a lot. Talked about him on Fab Futures. Talked about him on breakout pros or uh, candidates. Well, here we are. 291. 15 homers, 29 runs, 32 ribs, five stolen bases. He's slugging 974. 13 games since he's returned from injury. He's hitting three. 73. He's got seven homers, 13 runs, and 14 RBIs, and a stolen base. Here's the impressive part about Tyler O'Neill they don't need him to hit 291 to be an all star. They need him to hit about 270. They don't need 45 homers out of Tyler O'Neill to be an all-star. They need 35. But they're getting that. They're getting that. I don't know if you guys have done this. Do yourself a favor. Go look at Baseball Savant. Pull up Tyler O'Neill. And look at his chart numbers. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's all I'm going to say. No, it's not. 98th percentile in sprint speed. That's the one. I'll say it again. 98th percentile in sprint speed. 
He's got five stolen bases. He's not going to run a ton. Could he get 15? Yeah. Yeah, he could. Pretty easily. He's a big fella. 99th percentile and barrel percent. So he squares the ball up. Basically the best in the league. Or the best handful in the league. And 97th percentile on average exit velocity. Guys, I talked about him being a breakout candidate. He is absolutely breaking out this year. This is a guy who might be a second-round pick next year. And no one's really talking about him. So, Chaps Fantasy Chat, Thursday nights at 8, iLogic Media. Come back at 10, the other angle, Chappie and RC. Be doing some more baseball because I have like 20 pages of notes here. I'll never get through them all. Get through the most important ones, though. Um, We're going to break. RC's a huge Falcons fan. So we're going to break down that trade, uh, the Julio Jones trade. We're, we're going to talk about some fall, fantasy fallout. We're going to talk about um, some trade deadline stuff for baseball. So, so come back and join us at 10. That's right here on iLogic Media. You know, speaking of the trade deadline, I didn't really have this. I didn't really have this in my main notes, but I do think it's interesting. There's some names out there that should draw a lot of con- uh, interest when it comes to to the deadline. You know, when how about Nelson Cruz? Where does he go? You know, I had someone said he looked good at Oakland. Yeah, he would look good at Oakland. I feel like he'd look good pretty much anywhere. Um, but in all honesty, the White Sox make a lot of sense for Cruz. I know the center division probably won't happen. Houston makes a lot of sense for Cruz. Trevor Story's the big name, right? Where does he go? The Yankees now are talking about selling. What? And we're going to talk about some of these scenarios tonight. Joey Gallo to San Diego, growing some legs. David Peralta is on the block. Eduardo Escobar. Would look good in a Cub uniform. Where does Glaber Torres go? These are the things we're going to talk about some of this stuff tonight because it's fun to speculate on that. And honestly, if a quarter of the things happen that get that gets rumored to, to happen, it's a good year. But a couple of those guys will move. Some data points I picked up this week, and then I'll get into our uh, our fat futures. 
But I think it's interesting because we're at the time of year when, you know, separation start has begun, right? Um, and if you're not looking closely, it could pass you by. Whit Merrifield, for instance, has four more stolen bases than the next closest person. He's creating distance. That's important because stolen bases, it's a commodity position. A lot of players don't even really try and utilize it. That's the thing they punt, which I think is dumb. I've done it. I've tried to do it. Try to do it. You're never successful. Um, but Merrifield, to me, looks like he's going to be 10 to 15 stolen bases ahead of the next closest guy. That makes him a trade target for me. I'm going to want to go out and get him. Now, I know what you're saying. Nobody's going to get, you know, the guy in my league's not going to give Tati or Merrifield up. Tati's the second on that list at 13. This is, uh, it might be a bit dated, but not too much this week, right? So, again, of the seven players who have double digit stolen bases, only Trey Turner can say, sorry, double-digit, yeah, sorry. Of the seven players, <laughs> let me start over. Of the seven players who have double-digit stolen bases, Trey Turner is the only one who's also hit double-digit homers and is north of 300. Trey Turner's underrated, guys. You're looking at a 30-30 type player here. He and Soto are really good one-two punch. They need Schwarber, Bell. Uh, Zimmerman's having a great year. But they need those guys that they paid to come in and produce. Seth Mullins is close. He's hit 317. This isn't accurate because I know he went off the other day. Nine homers and nine RBIs, or nine stolen bases. So he'll be in that 10-10 category. Really quickly. Only three players in the major leagues have an OPS on the season of over 1.000. Two of them are teammates. Jesse Winker at 1.07. Nick Castellanos at 1.078. Vlad Jr. is at 1.099 on the season. Vlad Jr. is the only non-red in the major leagues to have an OPS over 1,000. What do you take away from that? Vlad's pretty good. It's not even hot in Cincinnati yet. 
Small Park is uber dangerous with these two guys hitting. Buy more of Buy if you can go out and get Jesse Winker or Nick Castellanos. Now's the time you should be doing it. I say that because these balls are going to start flying out in Cincinnati, and these guys have done that. I mean, yes, it's a small ball, small ballpark, ballpark, but they're doing that just on. Pure ability at this point. Their numbers are going to be really good this year. That's a good young team um, coming up there in Cincinnati. You know, I, I know you're probably thinking, what? Tyler Stevenson, Hunter Green, Tyler Molly. There's some talent there in Cincinnati. I'll be interested to see what they do with Nick Lodolo. And I'll talk about him here in a minute. Before we go there, though, how good is Cabrian Hayes? This is a guy, Key Hayes, right? I'm getting used to that. He's like... He's like that interchangeable lock that just snaps that front four down. You can't match up against him. I I feel like we're underestimating his abilities a little bit. People want to jump on him because he didn't step on first base the other night when he hit a homer against Walker Bueller. Big deal. He hit a homer against Walker Bueller. And then after he hit the homer, he came back the next time. Sorry. Hit the ball in the screws. He's unfazable. And he's just a kid. He's just a kid, guys. The, the Colin Moran injury is unfortunate. But he's not part of the long-term plans anyway. They just really need him to go so they could trade him and get some assets back for him. Um, Frazier's probably going to get traded. I think Hayes and Newman stay. I think that's the right move. You could probably get some pretty good return for Adam Frazier right now. I think the Pirates should pursue that. Hayes is going to be best at his position for a long time. I think ceiling for Cabrian, you're looking at 330, 30 homers, 100, 100, 10 to 15 stolen bases. And you want to look two or three years down the road, you got Tyler O'Neill hitting around you. Um, you got Nick Gonzalez hitting around you. You have. Uh, you know, um, some of these other younger players escaping me right now. Um, the first overall pick this year, a high draft pick next year. The Pirates are in a good spot, guys. And the fans just want to make fun of them. 
All right, I got a big list this week. So I want to jump to Fat to Futures. Before I do that, though, Chaps Fantasy Chat tonight brought to you by Calumet Farms. <laughs> no, I'll tell you, it's funny. Um, I enjoy doing this. I, I enjoy talking about baseball. And I always look at it kind of like I'm having a having a drink at the bar with my buddies. So that's that's why the whiskey um, history guy. So bourbon. I had a friend of mine say, "What? Don't drink whiskey. Drink something else." Well, uh, you know the history of whiskey, the history of bourbon. To me, um, it's it's as American as baseball. So salute, Cayman Farms. Seven and a half out of ten. Not too shabby. Worst day at a baseball field is better than your best day at work, right? <laughs> so, so let's talk about these fab futures. First guy, and, and I like putting some flops in here. I don't think Patrick Wisdom's a flop. He's been one of the hottest bats in the league these last two weeks. He's a former first-round pick. 29 years old. Fat futures probably isn't the right category for him, but I didn't want to put I didn't want to put him in, you know, the getting hot category because he is hot. And I feel like he goes down from here. Now, that said, down from here. <laughs> um 436, six homers. Became the third player in Major League history to hit seven homers or more in his first eight starts. Anytime you're the third player in Major League history to do anything, that's pretty good. I like it because he's a St. Louis cast-off. Right, I just don't see it as sustainable. I feel like once pitchers understand what his weakness is. Now, does that mean, you know, he's going to totally fall off the face of the earth? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. What it does mean is I'm not spending any of my fab dollars on Patrick Wisdom. I don't believe in him like that. Jake Fraley, on the other hand, I'll spend a few dollars on. Similar situation. He's not as old. I think he's 26, maybe 25, 26. Post-type sleeper. He's got a great opportunity where... Cal Lewis got hurt. He's going to be out for a while. So playing time's there. He, he's picky at the plate almost to a fault. I mean, he's got more walks than he does hits at this point. 
He's got 16 walks and nine hits. But if you look at what he's doing short term, so the last seven days, 333, two homers and two stolen bases, five runs and nine ribbies. Last week. Now, forget that I told you that he has more walks than hits. Forget that I told you that he's got nine RBIs in the last week. Forget that I told you that he's got two stolen bases in the last week. Fraley is in the right place at the right time. He's ready to take that job over mentally, developmentally, and you can get it for free. You can get him for free. This guy you want. Power-speed combo. If you're in an OPP league, he has to be owned. He has to be owned. If you're in a regular league, based on what he's done this last week, if you have an extra bench space, you, you kind of have to, to at least look at him. Again, this is another situation being out on the West Coast. Hey, Jeff, welcome. This is another situation being out on the West Coast where people don't stay up to pay attention to him. But Jeff Fraley is a post-type sleeper and someone worth taking a second chance on. Because of opportunity and ability. Jake. I'm on the Jake bus. Jake Lamb. Remember 2016-2017? Jake Lamb was a ball player. He hit 59 homers and drove in 196 runs over those two years. Almost identical numbers for two years straight. 248, 249, I believe. Um, sorry, I lost my place. 30 and 29 homers. And I think it's like 101 and 96. I mean, identical numbers for two years straight. Then he had a serious shoulder injury. And he fell off the face. He just fell off the face of the Again, right place, right time. 2021, Chicago Southside. You're talking about his team that has been ravaged by injury. And you're talking about a team that, while being really hurt with injury, is still pretty much young, right? You look at their young at their players. You're looking at guys that uh, Yo Makata, Tim Anderson. They've been around a year or two. They're really good, but having a guy like Jake Lamb with an opportunity to play not every day, most days. Makes him very realistic in taking a chance on. 
especially if you want a power hitter. You know what you get with Lane. 240, 20-something homers. But then, then throw in the opportunity that he's seeing. Billy Hamilton just got it. They can't fill a full roster. I watched, we're on right now. <coughs> Danny Mendek is starting in right field. And Laura, uh, Lori Garcia is starting in center for them tonight. That's not good. Now, Lamb's out tonight. But when he plays, he's hitting at the top of the line. He hit second the other night. I'm a Cubs fan by heart. All the Cubs games here are blacked out in Indy for whatever flipping reason. But I get to watch the White Sox every night. And that's okay. That's okay. I've got three-fifths of their starting rotation on my team. I'm okay with that. Jake Lamb's got a real opportunity in front of him. And he's performing up to the task so far. He's a guy worth taking a chance on. We're talking fab futures, guys. These are guys that you might not be thinking about a whole lot right now. But next week, they might be hot commodities. I talked about Miguel Andujar last week. And you could have got him for a dollar on the waiver wire last week. If he's still out there this week, he's not going to cost a dollar. Jake Lamb's in exactly the same position. Here's another guy. Talk about post-type sleepers. How about Christian Arroyo? Christian Arroyo is hitting 301 for the season. 333 since coming off the injured list. This guy was a former highly touted prospect for the Rays. Got traded out west of San Francisco. Never came to fruition. Stopped off somewhere else. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. But, man, what a good situation in Boston. He hit leadoff the other night. Again, a lot of these are about speculation, looking at where they're hitting in the lineup and what the lineup is around them. Arroyo is really talented. He's showing you that he's capable of hitting for a high average. If he hits for a high average at Boston, you look at who's directly behind him. You're looking at Devers. You're looking at Bogarts. You're looking at Martinez. There's a lot of run scoring potential for him at the top of that lineup. Second baseman, second base isn't his natural position, but he plays it well enough that he's comfortable. That's a factor. He's not going to win the third base job with Devers over there. But second base seems to be his spot. If he continues to hit, I look for him to be up in the leadoff spot more often than not. He's not going to steal bases. But he's going to score a ton of runs at the top of that lineup.
All right, I got to speed up because I got some prospects I want to talk about, too. Um, kind of going to cherry pick here. Max Stassi. How about Max Stassi? Yeah, you're looking at a guy. Here's a catcher. He's been injury prone. Played the other night. He's hitting fifth. Again, situation where he's been injured for a good part of the year. That lineup starved for big sticks. He's a big stick. He's going to, if he continues to hit there, you're looking at a situation where pitchers are going to have to sit there and look at. Right now it's Upton and then Otani, Renton, Walsh. And then they get to Stassi at five. And they're sick of pitching their A game. They might get lackadaisical. That's what happened the other night when he hit his homer. They let they th- I think it was a lollipop knuckle or a curveball. But he just jacked into the left center field seats. That's a really good opportunity. And if he's available, Durf, is he if he's available in your ESPN league? You should grab him. I like your two catchers. But if Stassi's out there, you got to grab him. Again, I have Shohei, so I watch a lot of the Angels. Patrick Sandoval produced 32 swinging strikes versus the Mariners the other. I think it was Monday. That's more than... Any angel pitcher since they started tracking that statistic in 2008. Sandoval is one of those guys. Now, he's not going to win a ton of games. But what he is going to do, he's going to help you. ERA, whip, strikeouts the rest of the year. So he's one of those equalizers that you put in there to even out your statistics. I like Sandoval a lot. Here's one guy. And again, as I get to the end of this, right, it's not Fab Future so much. So our Fab Future guy, I'll go back. Fab Future's guy. Christian Arroyo, Jake Lamb, Jake Fraley. All three of those guys I highly suggest going out and spending a buck on this week. They'll be worth much more next week. Tyler Stevenson, the other one. Tyler Stevenson, the catcher for the Reds. Now I know what you're saying. He's losing a lot of playing time with Vada returning. That's precisely why I'm bringing him up here. You might say Tucker Barnhart's the starting catcher. You're absolutely right. When Stevenson, or when Votto was out, Stevenson hit cleanup for that red team. On a team that has Jesse Winker, Nick Castellanos, Eugenio Suarez, this guy hit cleanup. If you're in a dynasty league, 
and someone dropped Tyler Stevenson. Go pick him up. And if you're in a league where you don't have to spend a dollar, you probably get him for free. Because people feel like his opportunity is done. His opportunity is just beginning. I'm willing to take a chance on Stevenson getting more playing time due to the fact that Votto gets hurt again. Or they move him out to right field to give um, Cassianos a rest. Or left field to give. Stevenson is a middle-of-the-order type of bat that happens to catch. If you can get him for free or next to free in a dynasty format, he's worth his weight in gold, especially as long as long as he keeps that, that catcher tag on him. Look at your mean Mercedes. I have a fan tracks league, and I know he's he's quieted down. Fair. I have a fan tracks league. I hate the fact that he's eligible at catcher in fan tracks. Fan tracks is better than that. Apparently they're not. It's created such a mismatch for the team that has Mercedes, because no other team's catcher gets close to the production that he's put up. And he can run it. It doesn't matter. He can stay in a slump for the next month. And none of the other catchers will catch up to him. So Stevenson, if he continues to get these opportunities to fill in as a super utility, if you will, should continue to pr- produce. Guys, I got nine minutes left. I got four prospects I really want to talk about. And these prospects, it's really about opportunity. I'm not going to talk about one. These aren't mainstream guys, right? Jared Duran. I've talked about him for months now. This is a guy... Everybody thought he was going to make the team out of spring training. He didn't. That's fine. Went down the trip away, performed well. Got rostered on the Olympic qualifying team. They hit him leadoff on that team. This is a team that had guys like Todd Frazier on it. It's a mix of prospects and old veterans. <clears throat> this was a great opportunity for Durant. What did he do? He went over and hit 368 in 20 at-bats. He had a double, a triple, a walk. He's back now. And it wouldn't surprise me to see him playing center field for the Red Sox every day in the next week or two. Duran, to me, If you really are in a situation where you kind of could do that, I always call you know, the power move, right? You go out and stash Jaron Duran for a week or two and wait for him to get called off, called up because it's coming in this next seven to 10 days. Duran is one of those guys. 
Everybody talks about, I've talked about Vidal Bruhan. We've talked about Wander Franco. There are a handful of guys who are everybody's darling. Duran's on that next level down. But he could be every bit as impactful. You're talking about an offense that's elite. If Duran comes in, even if he hits ninth, but they let him run, he could steal 20 bases from this point on this season. I don't expect him to hit for prodigious power, but he could still get close to double-digit homers. That's impactful. That's very impactful. If you have a stash spot, if you're looking for speed, And Vidal Bruhan's gone. <laughs> I'll clarify. Bruhan, Duran. Duran is a poor man's Bruhan. Who's a poor man's Franco. This is a guy you want to target. Stash him. Stash him in your league. Bruhan might be gone, or excuse me, Duran might be gone. Bruhan might be gone. But I tell you, he's probably not gone. Jesus Sanchez. Jesus Sanchez really stunk at the major league level last year. He's one for 27 or something like that. I think he's a case of recency bias, though, because all he's done this year, all he's done this year at Triple A East, that's what it is. Four seventeen, that's his batting average. Slug eight forty seven. His OPS is one point three oh eight. He leads the league and hits extra base hits. Triples and total bases. Any day, guys. Any flipping day. The Marlins starting outfield. Adam Duvall. Starling Marte. Corey Dickerson. Sanchez, Sanchez is better than two of those guys right now. Jesus Sanchez starts in left field the next 10 days, guys. Corey Dickerson's gone. Gone in the next 10 days. Not gone. Not starting. Jesus Sanchez is a guy that you need to go out and pick up right now. Because his time is here. He's a perfect stash right now. Okay. Jesus Sanchez is gone. I guarantee you this guy isn't gone. And I've talked about him for two years now. Nick Lodolo. Lodolo, I just don't understand why he doesn't get more love than he gets. His last start was actually the worst of his year of his career. 
but it wasn't that bad. He gave up two earned runs and three hits over four innings. 58 pitches. Now, he struck out six. So, why was it bad? Well, if you go before that start, and I don't have it here. I wish I did. Um, last year's strikeout to K rate was like 30 to 1 or 30 to 0. And, and and he had thrown two games of 90 pitches prior to this pitch. So there's probably a little bit of fatigue. But he had a 2-0 record, a 1.01 ERA, and a .02, or excuse me, a .82 whip going into that start. 38 to 6 K to walk ratio over 28.1 innings. Lodolo is getting overshadowed in that organization. Rightfully so, by Hunter Green. Lodolo gets to the major leagues first. Lodolo helps the club first. He is ready to go. The TCU standout has seen major elite-level competition already. He's not going to be phased by the big game situations. I like this kid a lot. I have one of the guys. I'll give him to you next time. Um, it's Jose Siri. Screw it. I'll go a minute over. 335 homers, nine doubles, 16 runs, 30, excuse me. Yeah, 16 runs, 32 RBIs, and five stolen bases at AAA Round Rock. While Houston messes around with Miles Straw and Chaz McCormick, Jose Ziri is showing that he's the future in Houston at center field. I think they don't want to mess this up by bringing him up prematurely. It's time for this kid to come up. He's not going to hit, excuse me, he's not going to steal 20 bases, 30 bases. But the, the big picture is going to look really nice because he's going to be a plus-plus average. He's going to be a plus-power a, a guy. So you're looking at probably a 30, 15-30-20 guy out of Siri, depending on where he hits. He could score 100 runs. I would be hard-pressed to think they bring him up this year and put him at the top of that lineup with wow with how uh is playing, but in the very near future, I could see that putting him at eighth or ninth and letting him run a little bit more. But this is a guy who the opportunity's there for him. The doors are opened up for him. And this team's ready to win now. I like Siri a lot. Chaps Fantasy Chat, hope you enjoyed the content. Content, Thursday nights at 8 iLogic Media, um, 
Come back here in an hour. I'm going to go eat some dinner. Refill my drink. The other angle, Chappie and RC, we're going to talk baseball and football. Going to talk about some uh, some training camp news. Some uh, We're going to talk about the fallout from the Julio Jones trade. We're going to talk about trade deadline in baseball. A lot of good stuff yet to cover. Hope you enjoy the content, as I said. Chaps Fantasy Chat, Thursday nights at 8. iLogic Media, Draft for Upside. Thanks to Johnny Cole. Thanks to Mark Lawson. Thanks to all the guys at Draft for Upside. Appreciate you guys being a collaborate. Hope you guys enjoyed the content. I'll see you in an hour.